Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to a Sunday edition of Inside Arsenal, an edition after Arsenal, of course, have got three more points on the board in the Premier League after that 3-1 win against Burnley at the Emirates yesterday. Not the prettiest at times, not the swashbuckling best, I would say, but very professional, very controlled, absolutely deserving of their win, even if they did have to sort of fight back a little bit from that nervy little period when Burnley got the equaliser at the start of the second half, but absolutely deserved win for Arsenal. So we've got plenty to talk about in today's show. We'll go over some of the big talking points from that game. Look at what Mikel Arteta's had to say. You guys have been sending in some of your opinions on what you guys saw as well. So lots to discuss and let's get going, shall we? On what was a very good win going into the international break, a win that Arsenal needed on the back of the defeat against Newcastle last time out. A win on the back of Tottenham slipping up against Wolves in frankly hilarious fashion just before kickoff. I was watching that game in the pub up around Finsbury Park in the fullback, and um, and yeah, the the change in mood of that place from the start of injury time to the end of injury time was absolutely amazing, and certainly perked everyone up walking over to the stadium after that game, and um, and yeah, gave Arsenal the opportunity to go into the international break ahead of Spurs, and they did that with that win yesterday, which was a very comfortable one. Like I said, I mean, when you look at the stats, it was a dominant performance from Arsenal. Doubled the amount of shots as Burnley had, six on target. Burnley did have five, although I think that one save at nil-nil from David Raya when I think it was Goodmanson went through in the first half and he got his low shot away. That was a really good save by Raya. Other than that, the rest of them were, well, I can really only remember one that he pushed wide in the first half, another one from distance that he pushed wide. Can't really think of too many that were sort of nervy in that second half. But that, that one at nil-nil was a really important save. You wouldn't have wanted Burnley to get in front to have something to protect. So a really sharp stop down to his left. You know, dominant in possession, Arsenal, as you would expect. 13 corners. They scored from a couple of them as well. I remember earlier on in the week, I had a question from someone that I spoke about on one of my shows 
saying, you know, why why aren't we that good at set pieces? But, you know, this is Arsenal now that they've scored more than two more than anyone else in the Premier League when it comes to set piece situations. They've had a bad little run. They weren't great against Newcastle last weekend, given the amount of corners they had. But, you know, when they when they get it right, when the delivery is right, Arsenal have a lot of real big aerial threats in that penalty area. They took advantage of that. Yeah, Match Today highlighted it actually yesterday in the analysis of the game um, in terms of where Arsenal's sort of uh, dominance from the set piece came from. And Burnley did play into Arsenal's hands a little bit and fair play to Arsenal. They identified a weakness and they took full advantage of it. So it was 1-0 at half-time, thanks to Leandro Trossard's goal right on the stroke of half-time. Brave goal, hurt himself in the process of doing it. Got smashed into the post, getting on the end of Bakaya Saka's um, header across. It was a 1,000th goal at the Emirates Stadium. That seems mad. 1,000th Arsenal goal at the Emirates Stadium, I think. When you go back to 2006 and think of that um, Gilberto, Gilberto Silva goal against Aston Villa to start it all off and to think we're now at 1,000. It's all going very, very quickly. Pretty scary stuff. But good goal by Trossard again in the side, playing at number nine in that false nine position, scored again. I think he's got six this season. Now Trossard, maybe seven if you include the Community Shield goal. And as Coldheart1990 points out here, as a stat of the day, all of Trossard's goals this season have been assisted by Bakaya Saka. That's some stat that the pair of them have a very good understanding. We saw that last season. As soon as Trossard came into the side, he just sort of struck up that chemistry with um, Saka and Martinelli when he came in uh, in January. And that's continued this season. And I thought it was really good by Saka yesterday, that assist. It wasn't your classic Saka assist to get into the touchline and crossing it in or cutting in on your left foot and bending one into the back post like he did against Chelsea. This was just really brave against some big central defenders. Saka getting up, winning that header, keeping it alive. And there was Trossard at the back post to stick it away and make it 1-0. And that was a crucial goal. I think if Arsenal got in at 0-0, you know, Burnley would have certainly had a real spring in their step. Arsenal would have started to doubt himself. So you felt, you know, that's a really crucial goal. I was talking to a friend at half-time and saying that exact thing. But then, lo and behold, out come Burnley. And they get themselves uh, an equaliser within about sort of eight minutes of the second half starting. Fortunate. It was fortunate because it took that deflection. Tomiyasu did get shrugged aside pretty easily. One of the rare occasions you see Tomiyasu get done one-on-one. Um, ball sort of came out and Burnley guy stuck it in. Brownhill, I think it was, with the deflection. And he thought at that point, oh no, you know, what's going to happen here? And But the really crucial thing was Saliba getting that goal within a couple of seconds, well, within a couple of minutes, sorry, just taking all the nerves away, stopping that momentum that Burnley had in their tracks and suddenly Arsenal were ahead again. And it just felt like it was a matter of time before they got the third goal. And when they did get that third goal from Alexander Zinchenko, I mean, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the picture I've put up of the actual finish. I saw, look how high off the ground he is. It was absolutely super. It was one of those goals that when they show the replay in the stadium, you hear the whole stadium collectively gasp because of how good it was. The technique was absolutely exceptional. Maybe not. Honestly, match of the day last night, I was watching it and they didn't even show this goal in the analysis in the replays afterwards. It was Jermaine Jennis was talking about Arsenal's dominance at the set piece and they showed the Saliba goal and then the third one they just went and the third one's exactly the same as the second one so I'm not even going to show that one it's like how I know it came from a corner but I mean how on earth is that goal from Zinchenko the same as Saliba's Saliba's was a header from a yard out good header from a yard out but Zinchenko's the technique the quality I mean 
there are very, very few players who can score a goal like that. And it was a fabulous, fabulous goal from Zinchenko. And it capped a really, really good performance from him as well. I thought thought he played very, very well um, coming into the side. Uh, Popeye says that Zinchenko goal brought memories of a certain RVP goal versus Charlton Athletic at the at the Valley. Yeah, what a volley that was from RVP against Charlton from Emmanuel Bue, I think, got down the right-hand side and sent that cross in. Some people said, oh, he shinned it, which made me laugh. Um, what a goal that was from RVP. And yeah, the the sort of technique, the jumping that high in the air to get the volley away, it, it is similar. It's a very similar one. Obviously, it's a little bit different because it wasn't on the run. It wasn't a volley like RVP's first time. But uh, yeah, really good goal by Zinchenko. And as I said, it caps an excellent performance for him. There's been lots of talk about Zinchenko recently in terms of his dip in performances. And there has been a dip in performances. I think that's really, really apparent. It's been clear. Defensively, he's been a little bit suspect. I think teams as well have kind of worked out the inverted role a little bit last year. It was very, very fresh. Um, and it, the sort of over-over midfield probably caught teams out a little bit. But this season, they know when Zinchenko's in a team, that's what he's going to do. They know he's going to leave some space. They know that Granit Xhaka isn't there anymore to cover that space as well as he did last season. And so teams are going to look to exploit that. And I think they have. And I think Arsenal has struggled as a result at times down the flanks because of that space that Zinchenko vacated. And I think Zinchenko's form has suffered as a result as well. And his confidence levels have suffered as a result. But this was Zinchenko back to his best. Yes, it was against Burnley, which I'm sure some people will point out, not the strongest of opposition. But it was still a really dominant performance. When you see Zinchenko playing like that, you know exactly why he's going to always remain a really, really influential and key player in this Arsenal squad. He might not be starting every game. In fact, he won't be starting every game. And I think it's good that Arsenal have got different options they can use for different matches when it comes to that position. Obviously, Tommy Asu has been filling in and filling in really, really well. But when you look at that yesterday, if you see this, I brought up the stats from Squawker. Most touches in the game yesterday, Zinchenko, 116. Most passes in the final third, 45. Most final third entries. Most duels won, 14. Most aerial duels won, 7. And most tackles, 5. So that's an all-round performance. That's not just in terms of going forward, but defensively as well, competitively in his duels. That's the type of performance that absolutely would delight Mikel Arteta. And in fact, it did delight Mikel Arteta. If you see this quote here, uh, on uh, from Mikel's press conference afterwards, said, I was very happy with him, especially against these teams, the fluidity and threat that he gives, the way he progresses the ball, the spaces that he occupies and gets available for other players, I think is critical. His defending part, I really liked today, how committed he was in every defending action. The goal he scored is a really good example of how he's living the game when the ball is far from him. And that's why he's first on the ball. That's why he scores the goal. And that's what we need from him. So Mikel Arteta, understandably, very, very happy with Alexander Zinchenko. And Guna72 here has got in touch after the game yesterday and said that this is a game we should have won. We did, however. And Zinni's goal was absolutely spectacular. To have the ability to adjust midair and control the volley perfectly shows world-class technical ability. We know his defending isn't as good as others, but in the inverted fullback, roam around the midfield, split lines with beautiful passes. He's almost unrivaled, in my opinion. There aren't many players who are better than Zinni in that role. 100%, absolutely. Look, he is the kind of benchmark for the inverted role at the moment, even with this dip in form he's had at the start of the season. And um, again, there's going to be games. If Arsenal are going to Anfield this weekend, this coming weekend, I'd want Tomiyasu playing in that position. I wouldn't want Zinchenko there. And that's not me criticising Zinchenko as a player. It's just you play to the strengths of the opponents as well. You set your team up to the strength of your opponents. That would be a Tomiyasu game. Yesterday was always going to be a Zinchenko game. And he took full advantage and showed exactly why he's so popular, why Mikel Arteta thinks he's so crucial. 
and why large swathes of the fan base thinks he's so crucial as well. So fair play to Zinchenko. Really good response from him to some of the criticism that he's had recently. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In terms of Mikel, yeah, he was very happy with, with the result and the performance. Uh, he talked about in his press conference afterwards, said how dominant we were against these teams. He talked about the last three games, including Newcastle in that. So it's very hard to dominate the amount of situations that we did. I think we fully deserve to win the game. He then talked about the red card for Fabio Vieira, which look, you can't argue with that as a red card. I don't think there's any malice in it by any means. He doesn't mean it. I don't think he even sees the guy until too late. He's just got his foot up as the ball comes behind him, turns around. But it was just, there's no care for your, for the other players there. You're just wafting your leg out high, studs up. And you're asking for trouble. He made the connection with the guy, and it's just a red card all day long for me. And Mikel was asked about it. He saw he was in a sort of jokey mood yesterday, praising VAR, thinking with a red card, yes, thank you for asking me. VAR was right. The referee was right. Really good decision. Really positive from Mikel to speak about that good decision. And uh, he did that in pretty much all the media interviews he did after the game. Uh, on the um, on Trossard as well. I just wanted to bring these quotes up. He talked about. Uh, I'll put the same quote up twice there. That's annoying. Um, he talked about it being the 1,000th the goal, but he praised Trossard for the bravery he showed in it. He said, you have to put your body over the line and if it's necessary and he's done that and it's in the and it's the 1,000th goal at the Emirates, it's a beautiful number. So very happy with him. I think every time you ask him to play, whether it's wide or as a nine, it flows and he's a real threat. So I'm really happy with him. I'm just going to see if I can find the quote he said. Here we are. He talks about Trossard's chemistry with his teammates and he said, chemistry, that's the word. I think that he connects everybody. You know, he's so intelligent. He moves in the spaces in the way that attract people and generate spaces for others um, and options for people. And today he has done that really well because it was very difficult as the spaces were so small to attack. He gave us a lot of threat and possibilities to connect and find spaces for us. And I think that really sums up well what Trossard brings to this Arsenal team. He's so clever. He moves around the positions he takes up. Are so key, I think, to getting the best out of Martinelli and Saka especially in games like last night where Mikel says the spaces were so small and they were, you saw what Burnley were doing. It's what Arsenal have had to put up with pretty much all season against every team that's come to the Emirates. I turned to my dad one, uh, during the game yesterday. I said, God, it'd be really nice just to see one team really sort of come out and try and attack Arsenal, wouldn't it? Just to have 90 minutes of that. We did see it once this season. PSV quite stupidly did it in the Champions League and Arsenal ripped them to pieces when they did that. So you can understand why teams don't do it. But as a, from a sort of fan point of view, when you go and watch the games and you're constantly watching Arsenal up against these low block teams who are barely given any space, it's just like, oh, 
it would be nice to just have a nice open game where you can just sort of attack and attack and attack. But you can see why Burnley didn't do that yesterday. It would have been mad for them to do it. So Arsenal had to be patient. They were just as they were in midweek against Sevilla and wait for the moment. And it was Trossard and it was just that clever, clever bit of play, clever bit of movement, kind of knowing that Saka was going to get in that head and then real bravery as well. But such a good player, Leandro Trossard. I saw a stat that um, Orbino, I think it was, or I did retweet it yesterday. I'm not sure I can... Here we go. Um, Trossard has now made 15 goal involvements for Arsenal since he joined. Only Saka, uh, 21, has more for Arsenal during that time. I mean, what a signing he's been for just £27 million as well. Um, You know, Arsenal have made some, you'd say, probably some pretty poor signings as well recently. You're always going to get that in the transfer market. Some are going to be hits, some are going to be misses. You know, Kai Havertz, again, yesterday when we were talking about misses, I thought it was a really poor performance from Kai Havertz. I just don't know what he brought, where well, he didn't bring anything to that team. I was not surprised to see him taken off so quickly in that second half. He just wasn't offering much. And this is, a, you know, I thought Havertz played well against Sevilla. So I don't want to just throw him under the bus or anything. I thought he played well against Sevilla in the league, but in the Champions League in midweek, but just didn't offer anything yesterday. He's, he's, I, don't, I don't understand some of the runs that he makes. Some runs he makes are quite good and he doesn't get found, but then other ones he gets drawn to the ball and drawn to the player on the ball and he's almost taking himself out of the game. And I thought he was doing that a lot yesterday. There was that one opportunity when Declan Rice won the ball high up the pitch. One of the few times Arsenal sort of won the ball on the press and suddenly they had a sort of three-on-two situation. Havertz had so much space on the ball. I just thought, have a dig. You're just outside the area. It's on your left foot. You've got space. Take it on, have a shot. But he laid it off. I think he laid it off to attempting to find Martinelli, but Trossard sort of intercepted it in between and ended up having a Trossard shot, which was tipped over. But it was just another, it's just another one of those sort of moments in the game where you just want to see Havertz really take the initiative himself and have a dig, and he didn't do it. And yeah, so it was a disappointing performance from him um, in a game where I think most people had pretty average or you know decent games, but didn't do anything. Amazing. I thought Trossard was great. I thought Saliba was great. I thought Zinchenko was man of the match. The rest of them just played pretty well, you know, kept ticking over, kept doing the thing. But I just, I was disappointed with Havertz again. And that, that was a bit of a blow. But when you look at everyone else and you look at Trossard, £27 million, pounds, then, you know, that's, that's a really, really smart piece of business for Arsenal. And it just looks better every single game that he plays and every single week that passes. Uh, sort of moving away from the actual match stuff. I'm not going to do player ratings. I did do my player ratings video yesterday. So if you haven't seen it yet, then head down. It's in there on my YouTube channel. You can see the player ratings. But as I said, Zinchenko, the standout for me, Saliba and Trossard, the other really sort of two strong performances. There was no Martin Odegaard once again yesterday. No Gabriel Jesus as well. Of course, no Emil Smith-Rowe, no Thomas Party. Uh, lots of players missing. On Odegaard's fitness afterwards, Mikel said, I don't know. I'm going to have a meeting now with the medical part- department to understand everybody's situation. And I think he's going to go back after the international break. Um, I think he's going to be back after the international break, sorry. But I don't know exactly what the decision is and the communication at the moment. So, yeah, Arsenal are going to be trying to work out over the next sort of day or so exactly what's happening with some of the players who are due to go over on international duty. Gabriel Jesus as well, of course, with Brazil. Didn't play yesterday, not in the squad, same as Odegaard. You would think the sensible thing is for both just to stay in London get fit, have two weeks getting fit and then be ready for when football ter- comes up again, club football comes up again. But certainly in Brazil's case at the moment, it sounds like they want a little bit more than that and they want to find out a little bit more than that themselves. So we'll see how that progresses in the next 24 hours or so. But fingers crossed Martin can be back fit. I mean, I thought that was such an important thing yesterday for Arsenal. It was just, although it wasn't the greatest of performances by any means it was just another three points get those three points on the board get into the international break and get some of these really crucial players back we're not going to have everyone back 
after the international break, but certainly get, you know, your Odegaard, your Smith Rose, your Gabriel Jesus have those back available and it's just going to look a completely different team, certainly in an attacking sense. I think you can have so many more options to bring off the bench, to have a stronger options to change games if need to be, that sort of thing. So it was just about getting the win yesterday. It's come. At, I don't normally like the international break, but I really feel this one has come at a very good time for Arsenal, given the sort of struggles they are having when it comes to um, uh, their sort of injuries at the moment. As you see here, TDTM82 says, winning ugly is a key ingredient in winning the Premier League titles. Onwards, Gunners. Sorry, onwards, Gunners. We're above Spurs before the winter break. Now for City to lose 1-0 tomorrow. Yeah, we'll wait and see how City get on. Of course, playing at Stamford Bridge a little bit later on today. Chelsea doing the business against Spurs, albeit against nine men in midweek. Can they back that win up and get the, and do the business against Manchester City as well? Be fantastic if they can, but I'll be honest, I'm not holding out too much hope, but it is nice to see Arsenal above Spurs going into national break, back-to-back defeats for them. And uh, yeah, Arsenal sitting above them. Natural order has been reset, has been restored, shall we say? And you're right, TDTM82 winning ugly is a key ingredient. I wouldn't say Arsenal's win was absolutely ugly yesterday. I thought it was controlled and measured. It just wasn't thrilling or fantastic. I think you can say that about a lot of their wins so far this season. But it was a really crucial one, really important one. And now, as you say, onwards, Gooners into the international break. We can go. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Some of those key players will be back. At the end of it. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for watching. Appreciate your time as always. I'll be back tomorrow to discuss uh, what's going to be two weeks of no club football. What are we going to do? Um, and I'll probably look at see what's going on. Hopefully, we'll find out a little bit more about Gabriel Jesus and whether he's going to be going to Brazil or not. So keep your eyes peeled for tomorrow's show. Until then, have a very good end to your weekend, wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world. I'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone. Speak to you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 